Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode here on our Summer Teacher Road Trip, where we are revisiting some of the past episodes from this past school year. We are on the sixth leg of our journey here, where we are going to talk all about one of my very favorite things to talk about, although it's maybe not the most fun thing to have to worry about in your classroom, and that is classroom management. And the reason I talk about it so, so much here on the podcast is because it is the foundation to a successful school year. It is the number one thing that I think will set you up for success for a very good school year. So it can't be skipped. It can't be done halfway, you have to go all in both feet first when it comes to classroom management. And so in this episode, I have curated some clips from past episodes all about classroom management. You will hear me say the words routine and procedure a lot in this episode because I think it's that important. But before I say routine and procedure like a hundred times, let me say freebies and giveaways because over at classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip, we have just that. Each week I curate a collection of freebies all surrounding the theme of the week as well as a giveaway. So you can grab all the freebies that you may have missed from past episodes, but you can only do the giveaway for this week right now. So head over to classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip and you can be signed up to enter in. All right, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive into all things classroom management. This first clip is from episode 27, and I describe exactly how I set up my routines and procedures at the beginning of the year. I talk about the different categories of routines and procedures and how I introduce them to my students. Here we go. You might be able to guess what my first component is if you've listened to anything that I've mentioned in the podcast or over on the website about anything classroom management related. If you do nothing else when it comes to developing your classroom management plan, please, oh please, make sure you are setting clear expectations for your routines and procedures. The best time to do this is, of course, at the beginning of the school year, but if you miss that train, then do it as soon as possible. I know I've talked about classroom routines and procedures multiple times on the podcast, and I have an entire blog post all about how to teach them effectively in your classroom, and I have a routines and procedures free checklist to make sure that you don't miss a single one over in our members resource library. And you can get to that by going to classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 27. And I will make sure that you get into the members resource library. It's a free curated collection of resources for teachers in the upper elementary classroom. So inside that members resource library, you will also find this routines and procedures checklist. When it comes to teaching routines and procedures, one of the most important things is to remember is you cannot get too specific. You should be teaching routines and procedures for absolutely everything in your classroom. Things like how do we line up for lunch? How do we go to our small groups from our desks? How do we work independently? 
When can I sharpen my pencil? You get the idea. There's nothing that you shouldn't be teaching explicitly to your students. I think of routines and procedures as four different categories. There are your behavioral routines and procedures, things like your expectations for how they're to arrive in your classroom or dismissal and bus time or how to sit at the gathering area. There's also routines and procedures for working in the classroom, working in small groups, independently, in partners, doing their classroom jobs, things like that. There are routines and procedures for how to handle classroom supplies, where you keep your computers, how do you want them to handle them, where do you keep your games and materials, things like that. And there are also transitional and movement routines for how to go from one time in your day to the next time. Things like getting in line or what to do when they hear a fire drill or another emergency, things like that. And these are all included in that free checklist so that you don't miss a single routine and procedure. And I like to teach my routines and procedures by using a looks like and sounds like chart. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, and it's also over in the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 27. But essentially, the chart is just like it sounds. On one side of the chart, it says looks like. On the other side, it says sounds like. And on the looks like side, you're going to jot down what a routine looks like. So what does it look like to come into the classroom according to your expectations? And what does it sound like? And you will create one of these looks like and sound like charts for each routine and procedure that you teach. So I am mentioning this component first because, oh, if I could go back and tell my first year teacher self that I should focus on routines and procedures way more than I did, I would have had a very different first year. Okay, this next clip is all about how we take those routines and procedures and apply it to one thing very specific in our classroom. And in this case, we're talking about routines and procedures as it relates to classroom technology. If there is one thing that can make your classroom go from calm to chaos in 60 seconds flat, it is using technology in the classroom. There are always tons of questions and troubleshooting that you need to be doing when your students are working on individual devices in the classroom. So in this clip from episode 38, I'm talking all about routines and procedures that you can set up to make technology run so much smoother in your classroom. Let's listen. Since our students have grown up around technology, it's easy to think that they're not going to need explicit instruction on how to use it. This assumption is deadly. Using technology with your students can turn your classroom from peaceful into chaotic and leave you in the fetal position. I know I've been there. Nothing is more overwhelming than a classroom full of students all asking for your troubleshooting questions at the same time. And of course, if you are doing this virtually, even more so when you can't actually physically help them. So it's going to be so, so important to establish those technology routines and procedures. Now, of course, this is going to be the most effective if you do this right away at the beginning of the school year. But if you miss that train, please do it as soon as possible. Teaching technology routines and procedures is different than teaching students how to actually perform the different activities on the devices themselves. It's more about the behavior expectations when using the device. So here are some routines and procedures you might want to consider teaching. If you're in the classroom, you're going to want to teach them how to get and return the digital device from where it's being stored. So if they need to plug it back in, you're going to need to teach them that as part of your routine and procedure. 
You're going to want to teach them behavior expectations for using it, using it with care, how to clean the device if you're going to have them do something like that. You're going to want to teach them how and who to ask for help when they're using their digital device should they run into an issue. And you're going to want to teach them what students are allowed to do on their digital device. That is super important. And it's something you're going to want to cover specifically when you're going over these routines and procedures. And again, if you're doing this with a virtual classroom, you're going to teach them the same routines and expectations, but with a focus on how you want them to do this at home. If you're working with students virtually, you might want to teach them something like how to sit in front of their device during a Zoom call or a Google Meet meeting so that they know what the expectation is for when you are meeting together virtually. I would suggest that you sit down and whatever format that you are using currently, that you write down your routines and procedures going way all the way back to the most basic routine and procedure and then working your way to maybe the more advanced routines and procedures so that you are covering it all. And if you would like some help about how to actually teach a routine and procedure to your students, I have a complete resource on that and I will link to that in the show notes to give you some pointers for how to teach routines and procedures effectively to your students. All right, this last clip comes from episode 69 where I talked about preparing your classroom for summer vacation. But I wanted to share it with you now because these are tips and strategies that you can use all year long. I firmly believe that it is everybody's responsibility to keep the classroom organized and clean and that we shouldn't just rely on our custodial department or the teacher, him or herself, to do all the work. It's everybody's responsibility and everyone needs to pitch in. If we're all a part of the community, we all need to be working hard to keep it a positive community, and that includes organization and cleanliness. Nobody wants to come to a classroom every day that is a disaster. However, it does take a lot of management to make sure that it's not actually more work to have your students help you than it is helpful. So in this episode, I'm sharing how I manage delegating the tasks of organizing and cleaning the classroom before the weekend or a long break or even before summer vacation. If you do it often, it will never get out of hand. Here are my best tips. Now, as a recovering perfectionist when it comes to my classroom, I know how hard it is to allow someone, let alone a 9, 10, 11-year-old, to come in and help you organize your classroom. It's really hard to release that responsibility onto your students. But I've also learned that being the last teacher to hang up your keys for the summer is a bit painful as well. So I've learned to loosen the ropes a little bit and enlist students' help when it comes to packing up the classroom for the year. And like I just mentioned, these are also tasks that you can do throughout the year so that you aren't always having to do one big sweep at the end of the year. And you know what? The results are surprisingly successful. It turns out that students love the responsibility of boxing up your room for the year or before a long break or even before the weekend to help you tidy up a bit. But if the thought of doing this with your students makes you cringe just a little bit, I mean, what if they do put the poetry books in with the science fiction books? What are we going to do about that? I do want to encourage you to consider letting your students help you with just a few tasks that will lighten your end of the year load a bit. So I've got a couple tips though before you actually just let your students loose in the classroom. I first suggest that you take 
pictures, especially if you're doing this at the end of the year. This is going to help you in the long run. If you want to remember how everything was organized or how things looked up on the wall, be sure to snap a few pictures to refer to when you go to put your classroom back together in the fall or even if you're going to be setting up a whole new room somewhere else. It'll be really helpful for you to have those pictures to refer to. We think we're going to remember how a bulletin board looks or how we liked certain things organized, but we forget especially if you're moving to a new space. So snapping a few pictures is really going to be helpful to refer to and then help make that setup process so much faster. Next, you want to set your expectations for cleaning your classroom. Come on, you knew I was going to bring this up. I love talking about routines and procedures and behavior expectations and all of those things because they are so valuable to having things run smoothly in your classroom. So you have to make sure that you carefully model exactly how each task is to be completed. Let your students know what they should do if they run into an issue, or maybe you wanna give your students a step-by-step checklist of what they need to be doing and in what order. And along with your task checklist, you might even wanna create task baskets where you place all the materials that they'll need for a specific cleaning and organizing task. You know, things like cleaning products or paper towels or erasers or whatever they might need for their particular task. So then when you go to delegate the tasks, you hand them their checklist, you hand them their basket full of their cleaning supplies, and you send them on their way after you've gone over the expectations, of course. And so to make this actually easier for you, I have put together several cleaning task slips that you can print and cut out and give to your students. And then it makes it really simple for your students to know what to do. So some of these cleaning tasks might include discarding broken crayons or unusable crayons. So that would be on one task list and you would give that to a student and send them on their way. And then another task list might be to organize and sort crayons, markers, colored pencils by color. If you are like me and you like to have color-coded things. And maybe you give them a Ziploc baggie to store them for the summer. Another student's job might be to test markers to make sure that they have enough ink or get rid of ones that don't. Another task might be to wash tables or desks inside and out and chairs and cabinets and shelves. And so they would get their task list with those specific responsibilities listed out and then you would give them their basket with the supplies that they will need to complete that task. So there's a lot of little things like this that students can do for you so that saves you time at the end of the year. So in the freebie that you can download, I actually have this in two forms. I have the individual task lists that you can give to your students. So these are just those printable, cut them out, give them to your students and send them on their way. And then I also have a master checklist so that you can actually keep track of what tasks have been done and you can check them off as students complete them. Also in the freebie, I have a list of some cleaning supplies that you might want to have on hand as well that will help you and your students complete each task. And so that's just a nice checklist for you to have in case you need to kind of take inventory in your classroom or go shopping and do whatever you need to do. So if you want access to that, just head over to the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 69. And I'll have that link for you to download the task cards, the checklist and everything that you need. So there you have it, some tips for classroom management that you can bring into your classroom this year. I promise you this will not be the last time that I talk about classroom management here on the podcast because it is that important. And I want to encourage you to make it a priority in your classroom as well. All right, that is all I have for you today. We'll be back again next week. We've got a few more themes to wrap out our summer here and I can't wait to share them with you. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.